This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. Film composers often move to major cities like Los Angeles or New York to break into the industry. Historically, living in those cities has presented more opportunities for networking with movers and shakers. Meanwhile, musicians who score video games have found luck making connections and finding work here in the Pacific Northwest. Seattle has been a hub for big video game developers like Microsoft, Nintendo, and Valve. But indie musicians have found or even made their own opportunities here, too. KEXP's Roddy Nickpour brings us the story of two Seattle-based composers and explores what it takes to break into the world of scoring video games, starting with the creator of the farming simulation game, Stardew Valley. While working part-time as an usher at the Paramount Theater, Eric Baroni, known as Concerned Ape Online, started developing Stardew Valley as a hobby. The story in the game is that you're a city slicker who inherits a farm in a small town. You get to know the two dozen or so residents and discover hidden and sometimes magical quirks of Stardew Valley. When Baroni released this game in 2016, it was a huge success. And since then, Baroni has been developing the game full-time. I never uh, really expected this to happen, to tell you the truth. It kind of just, you know, Stardew Valley blew up and I still to this day, am, my mind is blown that this has happened and this is what my life is like now, but it's, it's really awesome. I've been really fortunate. He didn't just write the code for this game, he did pretty much everything else that goes into making a game, including writing the soundtrack. I had this musical background already, it had been a huge hobby of mine, something I was passionate about, so I kind of had that skill, but I've never had any sort of formal musical training, really, if, unless you count like middle school uh, band class. The soundtrack in the game combines this fantastical role-playing world with Baroni's own experience growing up in the Northwest. There are fairly distinct seasons here. We have the beautiful light green spring with the birds chirping. We've got summer, which is hot. We've got beautiful skies. Fall with the beautiful colors, the smells, uh, the smell of mushrooms. You can smell that kind of like weird fungusy smell in the air. then winter where sometimes it snows and there's a very unique atmosphere there and each of these seasons to me has a very very strong feeling to it stardew valley has seen immense commercial success according to pc gamer it sold more than 15 million copies and it's available on pc mac and even major gaming consoles like the Nintendo Switch and Xbox One. Now Baroni is shifting his focus to develop another original game called Haunted Chocolatier. Baroni says this game will take place in a small town, kind of like Stardew Valley, but instead of farming, you're running a chocolate shop in a haunted castle with the help of ghosts. Kind of like Haunted Willy Wonka, you might say. In terms of the Pacific Northwest, it's kind of inspired by those dark, maybe gloomy winter days. Like outside, it's rainy, it's blue, but you're kind of inside, it's cozy, it's warm. Maybe you got a little salt lamp on the table or something. It's this very unique feeling, I would say, that feeling of coziness. As he launches into production for Haunted Chocolatier, Baroni says he plans to stay put where he grew up. 
I can really be anywhere as long as there's, you know, internet and power. So, I, I mean, I have no reason to leave the Pacific Northwest. I, I like it here. It's, it's a really beautiful place. Seattle has raised other video game composers who live here, too, like Andy Rorman. Uh, otherwise known as SCNTFC, otherwise known as Scientific. While Baroni has focused on developing soundtracks for his own games, Rorman creates music for various indie game developers. Some of those projects include a cartoonish game called Sneaky Sasquatch, in which you sneak around a campsite as a Sasquatch to make ends meet. In a more recent project, he scored a sci-fi space exploration game called Jet, The Far Shore. Rorman also scored the game Oxenfree, which he describes as a coming-of-age ghost story with a lot of mystery. It takes place in a fictional island off the coast of Oregon. I felt like I was born to make the music for this game. And it turned out well enough that they decided to do a sequel. So that's what we're currently working on. Like Baroni, Rorman is staying put here in Washington to find more eclectic projects to add to his musical portfolio. There's really been no pressure to move. And that is partly because there's a lot of the work here, but also just video game development is very decentralized. There's no Hollywood for video games. With all these opportunities for video game composers in the Northwest, I talk with Akash Thakar. I'm rolling on my end. Let me make sure it's getting... Yep. He teaches video game composition at the Pacific Northwest Film Scoring Program in Seattle. When Thakar graduated from Berklee College of Music in Boston, he felt that initial peer pressure to move to Los Angeles. Nobody was moving out to, to Seattle except for me. Literally nobody from my student cohort at Berkeley. But I said, well, if I go to LA, it's kind of the elephant graveyard of musicians. It's where musicians go to die. It's just like every musician goes there and the amount of saturation is off the charts. Fast forward 10 years later, he says Seattle is actually a much better place for amateur composers hoping to break into the video game industry. For video game scoring, for video game anything, the encounters are super high in Seattle. It's, it's off the charts because there are so many big companies here. Those people get disillusioned, quit, and start their own companies. And those people get disillusioned, quit, and start their own companies. He doesn't tell students to go to any specific city to find work. But there's a reason that he stays here in Seattle. The car credits his own success to the open, collaborative nature of encounters with strangers in the Northwest. He says video game developers are usually eager to bring on new collaborators. It's just really, really energetic. And because it's relatively new as far as tech and industries go, there's a lot of exploration to be done, too. And that's Thakar's first piece of advice for musicians hoping to score their first video game. No matter your skill level or experience, put your name out there. As long as you are known and people know that you exist and you don't need to be famous, but people need to know you exist, that's when things start to happen. That's when gigs start to come in. But on top of that, you also need to be able to be okay with asking for money. That's another huge aspect here. 
the money. It's tempting for amateur musicians to offer work for free since they're just starting out and there's no industry standard for what to charge. Thakkar says composers should see themselves as business people first. Here's a lesson on what he calls the tummy number. When a client says, so how much do you charge? You'll have a number that comes up in your tummy. I call it the tummy number. So something will come up and we'll be like, I don't know, $500 for this? Don't say that number out loud. Your tummy number is always wrong and it's too low. Your tummy number is always too low. And what you do is you take that tummy number, let's say it's $500 for a project, and you increase it substantially. Let's say we'll put it up to 1,000. These are random numbers, by the way. But let's say we increase it to 1,000. You say, okay, for this sort of project, I'd like to charge $1,000. Now, knowing that this is a small team, or this is a Kickstarter project, or this is a our first time working together, some qualifying statement there, how much of that do you feel comfortable paying? So what you did was you took your tummy number, you increased it, and then you asked how much of that number they feel comfortable paying. And then what happens is that the client will be like, ooh, we can't do 1000 but we can do 800 You just made $300 free above your 500 You do need to start thinking about this in terms of, okay, I'm a business person who happens to make music, not the other way around. Because I've seen a lot of amazing musicians who you'll never hear about, ever. And knowing those skills and how to promote yourself and be online and exist in the world. And you, again, you don't need to be some Instagram star or YouTube star or anything like that. But it makes a huge difference. Thakkar says it's a good idea to just start working on a bunch of projects. Because you never know how those connections could serve you later. Those people that you work with first early on in your career that worked on small games... In five years, they could be making the biggest game in the entire world. You have no idea where things are going to go. And this, the iteration in the game industry is so fast. Someone could make a flop one year and then make millions of dollars the next year. You have no idea. He says another way to break in is to join some game jams. Here's how Andy Rohrman describes them. They're loosely organized. You sign up and, and say, hey, I make music or I make sounds. And you can find a team who's like, just over a weekend is going to make a game and it's going to be rough around the edges for sure, but we're going to make it and it's going to be a thing. And that's a good crash course in learning some of the basics. And no matter what your approach is, Eric Baroni, the guy who made Stardew Valley, has this last piece of advice. Just do it. Just start making music. If you want to make a game, just start making games. You will get better just by practicing. You, that's the best way to do it is just practice, practice, practice. Um, rather than spending too much time on, you know, theory and, and that kind of stuff, I've, I'm a big advocate for just diving right in, just messing around with it. Um, a lot of making, you know, video game music, at least for me, it's, it's all done on the computer. So you do have to learn kind of like a piece of software. It's kind of like your instrument, essentially. So I, I'd say, you know, kind of like, just pick one and get good at it. There's a lot of good options out there and then just keep practicing and eventually you will get better. Practice turns to opportunity. Opportunity leads to income. And income means that you're making at least part of your living on making music for video games, whether that's here in Seattle or anywhere else that you want to be. For Sound and Vision, I'm Roddy Nickbourne. And that was Sound and Vision. 
If you like what you heard, please do me a favor and help spread the word about this podcast by sharing an episode you loved with a friend. You can also subscribe to, rate, and review this show. It goes a long way in help spreading the word. And it's also KEXP's Spring Fund Drive this week. KEXP is a publicly funded radio station, which means the majority of the funding we have to do what we do to bring you shows like Sound and Vision comes mostly from listeners. Please help support Sound and Vision with a donation today at kexp.org slash sound. You can also check out our thank you gifts like a KEXP t-shirt or a stainless steel water bottle. Again, the website to see those thank you gifts and give is kexp.org slash sound. Thanks so much.